What's up, everybody? This is Pat Flynn, and welcome to episode 29 of Ask Pat. I'm here to help you answer your online business questions five days a week. And today we have a question from Joe related to user-generated content and building something based on user-generated content. But before that, I want to mention my resources of the day, which is a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, a great book that I've pulled a lot of principles out of to incorporate into my own business and blog and products, even though I don't have a startup per se, you know, by that definition, but there's a lot of principles in this book that you can use to help you create something amazing for your audience. So again, that's askpat.com slash lean dash startup for the lean startup by Eric Reese. Now let's get to today's question from Joe. Hi, Pat. My name is Joe over at Twitter handle at ask a dirtbag. I have an idea for an advice column with a comedic twist. How would I be able to build a brand that primarily focuses on user-generated content as opposed to tangible goods? Love the show. Thanks. Joe, thank you so much for your question. And for everybody out there listening, in case you don't know, you know a product or a brand based off of user-generated content you know, it sounds exactly like what it is. It's a it's it's a brand that is based off of everything that its users create and experience on that particular platform. Without the users, without the participation from those who are a part of that brand or community, there would be no content. So a good example of this would be something like Facebook. Without everybody using Facebook, there would be no Facebook. And Facebook is the experience and the status updates and everything that everybody else shares, the pictures, you know, all those things, that that is what creates Facebook and the Facebook experience. Same thing with Twitter and tweets. Without people tweeting, there would be no t- Twitter. Uh, there's other sites like eHow.com. They used to collect articles from people and post them on their site as sort of a collection or library of articles. Without their users, there would be no content at that point, although they don't do that anymore. There are other sites like InfoBarrel that do. Uh, Pinterest is another one. And I have to tell you a quick story about a, uh, something that I tried to create, which was very based off of user-generated content, something that failed, actually. And I haven't actually mentioned this very much, but this was a an iPhone application that I had built that was based off the idea that people love to leave captions to different photos. You know, people love to do that. They see a funny photo or they want to be creative and, and, and share something witty and interesting about a particular photo, they leave a caption to it. And this app that I had built, I had spent about $3,000 building a platform on the iOS, iPhone, iPad uh, platform to sort of facilitate discussions around different photos in trying to get people to leave captions. You know, So what the app does is when you load it, every day I'd posted a different picture, and I did that for six months. Every day I posted a different picture picture for this application and I would try to get people to leave captions and um, it failed. It failed pretty miserably, especially because we had spent that much money on it. And um, it failed for a number of reasons. One, because, you know, we didn't really push or make a big launch or big deal out of it. We sort of just rolled it out there. And that's one of the big things that if you're going to have user generated content fuel your brand or your site, you want it from day one to be you know, a booming community. Imagine a forum, for example. If you were asked to join a forum and there was hardly any communication or posts or threads there, I mean, why would you post a thread or communicate on it yourself? There'd be nobody there listening. And that's what the feeling was like when people 
got this application. It was called iCaption. Again, a great idea, but we didn't launch it the way it should have been launched. We should have launched with a bang. We should have launched with an ambassador group or a user group who was already there, already contributing so that other people would also contribute and add their own captions to photos. I mean, some people participated and, you know, I would add my own and my uh, partner would add his own too, just so it looked like it was being used. And it, it worked a little bit and, and, and the platform worked. You know, it was built for user-generated content to have people leave their captions. But again, it totally failed. It totally bombed. Another reason why it bombed is because we didn't really give people, um, you know, a reason to generate their own content. You know, there must be a benefit to generating content for the users of your brand. If you're going to build a brand based off of user-generated content, there has to be some sort of benefit for that person taking time to do that. On iCaption, there was none. People would leave a uh, a caption and you know how do you know if anybody read it you know we didn't give anybody any sort of validation that their thing was being read I mean we did have a thumbs up and a thumbs down sort of thing so a voting process but again there was nobody there to vote so people would leave a caption and you know there'd be zero thumbs up or zero thumb down and so nobody really participated because there wasn't really any benefit either and people didn't feel like you know it was worth it I think one thing that we could have done better was that when people shared their caption they would also be able to share it on social media that was a huge mistake it was everything was sort of enclosed in this application there was no way and now that i'm talking about this it's really dumb that we didn't do this there was no way to after you post a caption to a particular photo to share that photo on social media part of the reason why we didn't do that was because at this time you know the the, the apis and the chat between facebook and iphone iphone applications this was back in 2010 um it was it was not explored very much, and it was very pricey, you know, so we, we, we left that part out. So, you know, a big mistake. We probably could have added it later, but we just killed the application because it just wasn't going anywhere. Um, and so, you know, I think one of the things we could have done better, like I said, was have people not only share their caption on this application, but after they do that, have the option to share it with their own followers and friends and to show off how witty and funny they are to people that they already know. Here we were trying to build a community uh, people bring people together who don't know each other and have them participate in something when we could have tapped into people's existing communities and the relationships that they've had. So if you're going to be uh, building a brand based off of user-generated content, really make sure that you allow people or give some people some reward for their participation. And in this case, it could have been the reward of being able to show other people how funny and woody they are. Um, another reward, I mean, think about Facebook. I mean, people want and, you know, people love to share what they're go- what they're doing or what they're, they're eating. And they like to share their, their trips that they're on or, or photos of their wedding or things like that. People feel happy and rewarded for doing that. That is the benefit. And they're also to better connect with their audience as well. So, you know, those are some benefits. And so you have to think about what benefits can you have for your audience when they generate something. You know, if you ask them to do something, they don't get anything in return or reward for it. Um, why would they continue to do it? So again, that's that's another big thing. But so building a tribe beforehand, making sure you gain excitement. And I, and, and I think one thing that goes along with that, which is related to my resource, is when you're building this tribe and when you're getting fans, perhaps you run a Kickstarter campaign to start building uh, you know, buzz for it or you start reaching out to people who are influencers who might have a target audience that you're targeting and, and, and have them come on board. I mean, I would imagine that in order for user-generated content site or brand or app to be completely successful, you would need at least 100 or 200 people already sort of 
using it before you launch. So what I mean by that is you want to run with a small test group and you want to see if they participate and get them excited about it and see and get their direct feedback on what can be done to improve or what they might like or dislike about that experience. That way you're working closely with those people beforehand, before you launch it to the world, but they're also getting special treatment like they are you know, there as you know, the early bird ambassadors, people who can actually help shape and, 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 and affect the direction of where this app or this brand or this product is going to go. And that's the sort of lean startup model. Don't build everything up front before you release it to the world. Build a minimum viable product, something that, that, that you know, really gives value and, and, and is a core of what you're trying to do. But then work with the people who are interested at first, sort of the low-hanging fruit, who really love the idea, and work with them closely to make it better so that when you do release it to the world, it is something that you know because you've talked to people in that target audience and helped shape that product with them, that you know it's going to be more successful, that you know people are going to use it. And of course, these people that you've been working closely with, hopefully they would be excited about the changes that you make and feel proud to be a part of that process, that when launch day comes, they're going to share it they're going to participate. You can email them and tell them, hey, we need day one, day two, day three to be completely active because we want to get this rolling. So that's how I would approach user-generated content. So think about the benefits to generating content for your users. What would that benefit be? Sometimes it's just the ability to share on social media and show, show something off that they've done. Uh, build a tribe, build excitement beforehand so there's a lot of activity. You know, it also provides some social proof for people who are coming and seeing this brand new when you launch. Um, and, and, and start small, you know, make it easy to use, make it completely easy to use, minimum viable product, and get feedback right away to build it into something that is worth spending time on when people see it live. And also the last thing that just came to mind is you know, as far as having your users generate the content, make it incredibly easy to do it. To go on tw- on Twitter, you just need to tweet. To go on Facebook, you just need to write a status update. So whatever it is that you're building that you want users to contribute to, make it as easy as possible. Take down all the barriers. Just go to the minimum amount of effort to do that because that's how you're going to get more people to participate. The more steps involved, the less likely people are going to complete that process. Joe, thank you so much for your question. An Ask Pat t-shirt is going to be sent your way for having your question featured here on the show. It's actually a really interesting question because we don't normally talk about user-generated content. We talk about you know, producing content ourselves for our users. So it's really cool, really interesting. I hope that helps you. Um, if you have a question, if you're listening to this and you have a question you'd like answered here on the show, you can head on over to askpat.com and ask a question right there on the website. And of course, I want to leave you with a quote, and this quote comes from today's resource, which is The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. And that quote is, lean thinking defines value as providing benefit to the customer. Anything else is a waste. So whatever it is that you're focused on and working on right now, you know, think about it. What is that benefit to the customer, to your audience member, to your reader, to your subscriber, to your listener, to, to your viewer? You know, if there's no benefit there, then why are you spending time doing that? Thanks so much. Take care, and I'll see you in the next episode of Ask Pat. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects 
That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.